I'm back again. So, here we are. Get back to what I was put up. Here we are. Okay. So we're going to talk about this war with Ukraine that America is just shelling out billions of dollars. $65 billion to be exact. American aid to Ukraine about to hit $65 billion. The amount of military aid the United States will send to Ukraine is about to hit $65 billion. Once the new, new nearly $12 billion package Congress is attempting to negotiate, inevitably pushes through. The $65 billion in taxpayer dollars is nearly as much as the Russian Armed Forces 2021 budget of the $65.9 billion, according to the estimate by the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. The amount of taxpayer dollars the U.S. has spent in Ukraine is also nearly as much as United Kingdom's full military expenditures, $68.4 billion. It is also nearly $10 billion more than what France, Germany, and Saudi Arabia spent on the military, $56.6 billion, $56 billion and $55.5 billion, respectively. Neil Monroe, writer of the Breitbart, also noted that all of the foreign aid the American government has sent to Ukraine is twice as much as what the U.S. Army spends on deployment and purchasing of new weaponry. Isn't it interesting that, you know, the United States government is, you know, giving advice to military servicemen and veterans to go on food stamps while you're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. I'll say that again. United States servicemen are being advised to go on food stamps. While our government <clears throat> is sending 65 billion, it's about to reach 65 billion dollars in US foreign aid to Ukraine. A country that is for white supremacy and devil worship and all types of disgusting practices. And it's extremely racist. We're funding white supremacy, <clears throat> not even hiding it anymore. Monroe added that if the government sent that amount of money that sent that amount of money back to the American people in the form of a tax rebate, all tax taxpayers would get a paycheck worth about $200. According to German think tank Kiel Institute for the World Economy, the U.S. spent $43.45 billion in aid to the Ukraine as of August 18th, consisting of $24.4 billion of military aid, $8.99 billion of humanitarian aid, and $10.06 billion of the other financial aid. Apparently, the U.S. sent around $10 billion more over the past month, 10 billion. We have people starving in this country, and we're just throwing away money to Ukraine. Wow. The next biggest spender, the, UK, the United Kingdom, 
don't even spend a sixth of what the U.S. has provided to Ukraine. As of August 18th, Britain has given Ukraine 6.35 billion in aid, with nearly two thirds of that 3.93 billion going to the military aid and the rest to humanitarian and other financial aid. Only two other nations have provided Ukraine with over 1 billion in military aid, Poland and Germany, which have provided 1.76 billion and 1.17 billion in military aid commitments respectively. The latest nearly 12 billion military and economic aid package for Ukraine is a result of requests from President Joe Biden's administration. Earlier this month, the Biden Biden asked Congress to provide 11.7 billion in new military and economic aid for Ukraine and the stopgap spending bill. Sources who spoke with Reuters on the condition of anonymity pointed out that there is a widespread bipartisan support from both houses of Congress to spend more tax dollars on Ukraine. Bipartisan, you got two of them, Republican and Democrat doing this crap. I remember I did in um, the other live stream that you have Republicans um, okay with Azov Battalion, you know, visiting the White House and trying to get support for Azov. As I said before, I'm not voting, I'm definitely not voting Democrat and I'm sure as hell ain't voting Republican. According to those same sources, the bipartisan aid package will include $4.5 billion to provide more defense capabilities and equipment for Ukraine and $2.7 billion to continue America's ongoing military intelligence and other defense support. Notably, the aid package also includes $4.5 billion, which will be sent to provide direct budget support for Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky's government through the next chapter. The money will supposedly go to paying salaries for essential employees supporting Ukrainians displaced by the conflict and covering other critical expenses to help civilians. This new aid package does not include the authoritarian authorization, sorry, request Biden acts Congress to allow him to spend $3.6 billion in presidential drawdown authority money to transfer excess weapons from U.S. military stocks to Ukraine. Insane, man. This, this is crazy. This is absolutely insane. We're going to listen to a live stream about to know more about uh, Ukraine. One second. Chuck Schumer now calls for. Hold on one minute. Let me just make it a little larger. Okay, hold on one one minute. Got to fix this real quick. I'll play it from here because I don't want no trouble with YouTube. Can't risk that. So here we go. Chuck Schumer now calls for $12 billion more in U.S. aid to Ukraine. $12 billion more. What are we at? $200 billion for Ukraine now? Do you remember what they said to the, uh, the Army said to veterans just last week? Remember that? Army suggests soldiers fighting inflation go on food stamps. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, veterans that are struggling to keep food on the table were told by the government, go on food stamps. By the way, here's another $12 billion for Ukraine, though. I think not, you bastards that have sent 
hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine while Americans are starving on the streets. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine while our infrastructure is collapsing. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine when veterans are committing suicide at an alarming rate. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine when Army veterans can't even put food on the table and you tell them to go on food stamps. Zelensky sold a huge amount of land in Ukraine. Yeah, brace yourselves, right? Fact check. False claim that President Zelensky sold a huge amount of land in Ukraine to U.S. companies. The claim, Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky sold 17 million hectares of farmland to U.S. corporations, and they say, R rating, false. They say, R rating, false. Okay. Now, let me read to you from the story itself. I didn't have to go to alternative sources to find this information. This information is embedded in the story. So again, is Zelensky selling land to U.S. corporations? USA Today says that's false. But then this is in the story, folks. I'm reading you from the story. U.S. investment funds have large stakes in the largest landowners in Ukraine. Investors include funds like BlackRock and Vanguard. Ah, now you're starting to get an idea of why the U.S. is involved in Ukraine so much, aren't you? So you've heard of BlackRock and Vanguard, right? Investors include funds like BlackRock and Vanguard, as well as American and European pension funds, banks, and foundations. Wait a second. You said that uh, Zelensky wasn't selling land, but now you're talking about investors and funds? I'm confused. Oh, I'm just beginning. Although the companies mentioned in the post can't buy land directly, in 2014, Cargill did buy a 5% share in Ukraine land farming, one of the the largest landholders in Ukraine with 475,000 hectares of land as of 2020. Despite the moratorium on private land transfers, more than 2 million hectares or about 700, excuse me, 7,700 square miles of land have ended up being controlled by foreign companies through leases. The largest investors are companies from Cyprus, the United States and the Netherlands. NCH Capital, a U.S. investment fund, also controls more than 330,000 hectares of land in Ukraine through leases. There is no doubt that Cargill, DuPont, and Monsanto have major business interests in Ukraine and see major profit opportunities there. <laughs> That's in the story, folks. Fact check. False claim that President Zelensky sold huge amount of land to Ukraine to U.S. companies, they say is false. And then in the story, they explain how that exact thing is going on. But I guess the caveat is technically they're leasing the land so they don't own it. Isn't our media just despicable? Aren't they just pathetic? I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. I just... Sorry, I just amazing, isn't it? Why does our media lie so much? I mean, I, I just what's so what, what 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 shocks me so much is that I am a member of the media. I, I've been I've been a professional in media for almost fifteen years now, and at no point 
Hell, I was writing. I've been writing since high school. At no point in my decades involved in media could I ever conceive lying to people. Like, I just, I can't even fathom it. And yet these people do it every single day without question, without remorse, without regret. Man, I guess the money must be good to be a professional liar because I don't know why else you would do it. And there are, and it's almost 90% of the U.S. media is just professional liars. I mean, incredible. Fact check. It's false the U.S. has stake in land in Ukraine. And then you read the story and it explains how the U.S. has stake in land in Ukraine. <laughs> Millions of acres even. I mean, like what? Oh, but they don't have enough money. InfoWars work has never been having a bigger effect than it's having right now. Our main operations. A combo pack said to the, uh, the army said to veterans just last week. Remember that? Army suggests soldiers fighting inflation go on food stamps. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, veterans that are struggling to keep food on the table were told by the government, go on food stamps. By the way, here's another $12 billion. Back. Screw that. If I had $12 billion, I'd buy hundreds of franchises of restaurants and just give them to veterans. Just say, here, go have a restaurant. How about that? Not our government. They want to launder money through Ukraine. What sick scum. I can't wait till the day ends. I cannot wait till the day comes where this government corruption ends. So bold, so blatant, so right in our face. And maybe they just think they're going to kill all of us before that day comes. I think not, you bastards. I think not, you bastards that have sent hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine while Americans are starving on the streets. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine while our infrastructure is collapsing. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine when veterans are committing suicide at an alarming rate. Hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine when army veterans can't even put food on the table and you tell them to go on food stamps. This is so evil. It's so corrupt. It cannot go on forever. And it won't. But as I've told you, folks, never doubt us. We're smarter than all the intelligence agencies combined right here, or we just don't like lying to you. Russia and India will start trading in rupees, which could boost Indian exports to Russia to about $5 billion in the current financial year. What have I been saying here, folks? I've been telling you, all the media is lying to you. Russia is getting more powerful and more influential on the world stage. And you look anywhere else and you're going to see that the U.S. media is lying to you. China's working with Russia. India's working with Russia. Iran, Brazil, Mexico, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar. They all want to work with Russia. And you know who they don't want to work with? Joe Biden. Nobody wants anywhere near Joe Biden. They know what's in Ashley Biden's diary. They know what's on Hunter Biden's laptop and probably a lot more. So they don't want to deal with the pedo president. But Russia's cutting deals all around the world. And the U.S. is sitting here crying foul over Russia, foul over Russia. And the whole world is moving on without us because our politicians are clowns and crooks and liars. And our media is so corrupt that they lie to your face and cover it up every day. Okay. 
I wonder how people see this now. <clears throat> the problem is, is like a lot of people are too brainwashed, too far gone to see what's coming. They don't understand that there's food shortages coming. They don't understand that, you know, we're being taken over. All right. Putin knows how dangerous Ukraine is. He knows how dangerous Zelensky is. <clears throat> but unfortunately, the American public is too brainwashed or they just don't want, they don't care. That's probably it. They don't care until it's too late. Or the fact is, some of these people who are undercover white supremacists want Ukrainians over here with that white supremacist mentality. Okay? Some of them want to be taken. They want things back to where it's going to be straight up racism. More than you ever know. But unfortunately, you have a lot of blacks that are voting Democrat that are... Um, the Republicans are just as bad on this too, okay? Like I said, they're okay with Azov Battalion coming to the coming to the White House and getting boosting support. You have Republicans okay with that. You have Republicans benefiting from this Ukraine-Russian war, okay? People are going to be in some serious trouble. And this food shortage is coming. All right. The dollar is slowly losing its value. Other countries are waking up and they're joining Russia. BRICS. Okay. Brazil, Russia, India, China. I forgot what the S stand. I forgot what the. Uh, the S stands for I think it's South America I think I think but we're in for some a rude awakening all right next up on um, one second next story's up talk about uh, let's see Mr. Putin comes to the annexing of these other Ukrainian territories to the to be a part of Russia let's let's get into that our talk radio live in 4k Thank you. Dear citizens of Russian Federation, citizens of uh, uh, DPR and LPR, Kherson and Zaporozhye regions, uh, members of Duma and senators of the Russian Federation. As you know, uh, Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republic in Kherson and Zaporozhye region, we had uh, referendums 
results have come through and the results are known. People have uh, made their choice and it's a de definitive choice. Today we are signing the decree on accepting LPR, DPR, Zaporozhye and Kherson region. I'm sure that uh, the Federal Assembly will support the laws of creating four new regions of new for new subjects of the Russian Federation, because this is the will of the millions of people. One second, one second right here. And of course, this is their right, their uh, integral right, which is uh, emphasized in the principles of the United Nations. It's the self-determination of people. It's uh, the uh, right that is based on the historical unity, which was defended by generations of our people, people who for generations protected uh, Russia, uh, Romantsev Suvorov and Ushakov fought in Belarus, Yekaterina II and Potemkin uh, fought, and also our grandfathers and uh, great-grandfathers fought in the, in the uh, wars. And uh, people who did not agree with the military coup in 2014 people who um, gave their lives for the right to, to keep their belief, their language. It's the people of Donbass. These are victims of uh, inhumane terrorist attacks uh, conducted by the Kiev regime. These are peaceful citizens, uh, children, uh, grandmothers, uh, Russians, Ukrainians, people of various ethnic origins. Uh, Zakharchenka um, and uh, and Ishoka uh, and uh, Olga Ichura and the other heroes of this uh, Morgamay Medev, uh, who was a, a military who died heroically, all heroes of the special military operation. They are heroes. the heroes of the great Russia. And uh, we would like to keep observe a minute of silence in their honor. Thank you. choice of millions of people of uh, LPR and DPR, Zaporozhye and Kherson regions. Um, what, what's behind that is our common history. Despite all the difficulties, they have uh, carried through this love for Russia and this feeling cannot be exterminated by anyone. And that's why the 
older generations and the younger people who were born after the tragedy of the destruction of the Soviet Union, they, uh, they wanted the unity in 1991. In, um, there was a decision by representatives of the party, of the leading party to dissolve the, United, the USSR. And this has uh, created, this has created, uh, uh, de destroyed the connections between different uh, parts of our country. And um, the last heads of the Soviet Union uh, went against the will of the people of, uh, of the Soviet Union and broke that country into smaller countries. They, and they just informed the people about that without asking them. And um, we accept that they probably did not understand what they were doing and they did not understand the consequences this would lead to. But this is not important anymore. The Soviet Union is no longer there. We cannot return to the past. And for Russia, we don't need this anymore. We are not uh, aiming for that. But there is nothing stronger than the decisive will of millions of people who, um, according to their uh, culture, to their language, believed to be part of Russia. They, for generations, they lived in a single country and there's nothing stronger than the will of these people to come back to their historic uh, roots. For many years, the uh, people in Donbass were subjected to genocide and shelling. And uh, in Kherson, they tried to cultivate hatred for Russia. And uh, lately, Kiev regime threatened uh, death and punishment to teachers. And uh, they were threatening repressions to the millions of people who uh, supported Russia. But uh, um, uh, people from LPR, DPR, and Kherson and Zaporozhye expressed their will. Um, and the, uh, the real masters of Kiev regime in the West uh, need to remember this. People from Kherson, DPR, LPR, and uh, Zaporozhye become our citizens forever. And we call upon Kiev regime to immediately cease all military actions and the war that they began back in 2014 and come back to the negotiation table. We are open to this. And we stated that many times. But people of uh, uh, Lugansk, uh, Donetsk, and Kherson, and Zaporozhye, we will not discuss these areas because they've made their choice. Before you renew Amazon. Now, the thing is, is that um, I believe what also pushed the people in the Donbass and many other <clears throat> countries within Ukraine to join Russia was the fact that they had Ukrainian, pro-Ukrainian organizations that were kidnapping people, threatening Russian officials in the parts of Ukraine that wanted 
to annex to Russia. And he even killed people, threatened them <clears throat> not to vote. So that made these people even more want to join with Russia. Okay. And unfortunately, the mainstream media is lying and not telling the truth about the true colors of Ukraine. How once again, I'll say it, they kill journalists. It's a dictatorship over there. And the people are tired of it and they want to join with Russia. I can't blame them.
using this neo-colonial system to rob uh, all other countries in the world. Um, and the whole humanity has to pay them uh, some dues uh, to this uh, hegemon. All right, so I'll just get on and read the article here talking more about this. Okay, so I'll get into that. Okay, Putin signs treaty on ascension of former Ukrainian regions to Russia. <clears throat> President Vladimir Putin has signed treaties on the inclusion of four former Ukrainian regions into the Russian Federation. Friday ceremony marked the start of the formal process of their ascension. Heads of the Donkas and Langas People's Republics, Dejan Pushlin and Leonard Pestit, as well as the leaders of the Kirshen and Zarafink, Vladimir Soldo and Ivan Balsky signed the documents together with Putin. The move follows official requests by the Donkas and Langas People's Republics, as well as the two other southern Ukrainian regions, which had declared independence to join Russia. All four territories held referendums on the issue between September 23rd and September 27th, and in which sought overwhelming support for the move, according to the results announcing earlier this week by local election committees and don't test 99.23 percent of the people voted to reunite reunite with moscow with lonsk and showing a slightly lower figure of 98.42 percent zarafian region highly supported the idea of splitting from ukraine and joining russia with around 93 percent of voters backing it some 87% voted in favor in Kherson region as well. The treaties will now be submitted to will now be submitted to Russia's constitutional court, which will assess them to ensure they do not violate Russian law. Once they are cleared, the agreements will have to be ratified first by the State Duma, the lower house of the Russian parliament, and then by the Federal Council, its upper house. The lawmakers will also need to pass legislation of on incorporating the two republics and two regions into Russia. The Donbass republics, as well as the Kirshen and Zarafin, will become part of Russia no sooner than the law is signed by Putin. On Thursday, State Duma Speaker Vasiv Luludin said the lower house of Russian parliament would convene on October 3rd to discuss the number of issues, including the treaty's potential ratification. The federal council could also discuss the ratification at its regular session on October 4th. The upper chamber's head, Valentina Machivinko, confirmed on Wednesday, I do not see the need for extraordinary sessions, she told journalists at the time. In February 2022, the Kremlin recognized the Donbass republics as independent states, accusing Kiev of failing to implement the Minsk agreements designed to give the regions of Donetsk and Lungas special status within the Ukrainian state. The protocols brokered by Germany and France were first signed in 2014. On February 24th, Russia sent troops into Ukraine, citing the need to protect the Donbass. It also demanded that Ukraine officially declared itself a neutral country that will never join any Western military bloc. Kiev insists the Russian offense was completely unprovoked. Most of the Kishin and Zaporovig Regions were seized by Russian forces soon after the start of the conflict. Officials have repeatedly considered the idea of joining Russia since then, before eventually holding referendums in September. 
So, <clears throat> basically, this is a step forward. Zelensky doesn't like this, but the Russian, the um, Ukrainian people do not care. They want safety, they want elections, and they don't want tyranny. And once again, I cannot blame them for wanting a normal life free of Ukrainian and Western influence, i.e. America's government. All right. All right. So let's get into this story right here. Very interesting story. has arrested two doctors. They're charged with conspiring to share military health records with Russia. Bruce Lashan combed through the indictment and what he uncovered is unbelievable. The FBI raided this Rockville townhouse Thursday morning, arresting Johns Hopkins anesthesiologist Annette Gabrillion and her spouse, Army Major and Dr. Jamie Lee Henry. Henry held a secret-level security clearance as an internist at Fort Bragg, headquarters of Army Special Ops. Major Henry has been in the spotlight before, making headlines as the first openly transgender woman in the military. The Justice Department... I really, you know, taking government... I hope... He probably did. He probably used the... uh, you know, taxpayer dollars are being used for this type of surgery and stuff. And we should, the government should be used for protecting, you know, from threats, both foreign and domestic, but they're doing this. This is why if America ever goes to war with Russia, Russia is going to slaughter them. America military is too weak. Says Henry and Gabrillion met repeatedly with an undercover FBI agent who they thought was a Russian embassy officer. A grand jury indictment alleges Gabrillion told the undercover agent that she was motivated by patriotism to Russia. Dr. Henry allegedly told the agent they would help Russia all they could. The two allegedly offered private medical records of five military veterans or relatives that they thought the Russians could exploit. Gabrillion allegedly called her spouse a coward for being concerned about violating the health privacy law. Anya, очень good. The couple's babysitter insisted that the two were far too busy to betray the U.S. to the Russians. Good boys, three boys. I don't know why you would do something this stupid. Why? Why would you do something this stupid? Why would you exploit your fellow... This is dumb, man. I don't understand people doing this stuff. Is it really worth spending your life in prison or getting shot? And suppose the Russian government doesn't care what you have to offer them. Now what? Russia doesn't even need this type of treason to go on. They're doing fine. The Russian government is doing fine. Putin is winning against uh, Ukraine. 
America is throwing money. People doing some crazy, stupid things. One person with these two about to waste their life in prison. America's wasted money, throwing money at a war that, you know, is hurting its own people. Treason all around, man. Treason all around. Tension with 24-7 location monitoring pending trial. A lawyer for Major Henry declined to discuss the doctor's guilt or innocence to one count of conspiracy and seven counts of wrongful disclosure of private health information. In Rockville, Bruce Lachan, WUSA 9. What is the real story of January 2nd? Many people have asked that question. Some people... On to the next story. All right. It's irony, though. It's irony. The American government is betraying its people committing treason, and these two clowns are also committing treason. (laughs) Ah, When you think about it, when you think about it, it's... uh, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. The irony is ridiculous. The utter irony. Let's see about this one right here. This story. restaurant manager fired for throwing a drink in a customer's face. The police released this video today of the incident last month at Crab Du Jour near 76th and Layton. 12 News Hillary Mintz is live there tonight. Hillary, the woman says she was injured. Right, Patrick, still dealing with injuries. And, you know, the manager says it cost him his job here, but the victim says that's not enough. She wants assault charges brought against him and ultimately for the restaurant here to be shut down. Tonight, a restaurant fight caught on camera. Watch as the manager behind the bar at Crab Du Jour in Greenfield tosses a woman's drink in her face. She then launches a chair back at him. I will never go back there ever again. With a bandage over her right eye, Mariah Luckett says she's still recovering physically and emotionally from the August incident. That day, she says she tried to send back her food because it was cold. I was like, I don't want it at all at this point. And he came back and he threw that drink in my face. Luckett says it was an alcoholic drink with lemon. Something caused chemical burns into my eyes. Police released body camera footage from their response. It shows Luckett in an ambulance, visibly upset. My eyes is burning. I need to push them out. Officers then speak to the manager, Jason DeYoung, who hasn't been criminally charged and had a different account of what happened. I threw a glass of water at her. She, she just reacted and throw back something back to me. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. But I mean, you know, I did it. I'm really frustrated. A few days later. Frustrated what? That's no excuse. This woman's blind in her right eye. The police returned 
to watch the surveillance video. She keeps yelling and yelling and yelling. He's where I throw that water to her. The manager then tells the officer Luckett used a racial slur against Asians. Whoa, okay. All right. But there's no audio on the surveillance video to confirm either story. The manager claims that you were using racial slurs. Is that true? No, that's not true at all. Oh, Hillary, the restaurant is now under new management, and the man who was let go also... Yeah, they find witnesses now. If you could find witnesses... That'd be great. You know, he was wrong. He was wrong anyway. He was wrong. I'm frustrated. That's not something to say. She. Hmm. The thing is, like, she could be lying. We don't know. There was no audio. That's the problem. To receive a citation. He did Patrick for disorderly conduct, and we did speak with him by phone. He wasn't willing to go on camera for an interview, but defended himself and stood by his statements to police. Hillary Mintz reporting live in Greenfield tonight. This is a tough situation, man. No audio, okay? She could be telling the truth, you know? Um, but the problem is, again, there's no audio. It's not what you it, It's not what you say. It's what, can you prove it? Can you prove that you really were a victim? Can you prove that it was all him? Let me just say this straight. He was wrong for what he did, throwing that glass. But did you say those words? She will always say no. I mean, somebody who does something wrong, they don't want to, they don't want to admit their guilt. All right. That's the thing. That is the issue here. All right. Suffering, I'm still suffering um, from loss of vision. Woman claims she suffered chemical burns to eye after now five restaurant manager threw drink in her face, an argument about her sending back nasty food. A crab du jour uh, customer who had a drink thrown in her face by the manager of a local franchise has hired an attorney to help seek justice. A month after the incident, the employee has been fired and cited with a disordered conduct charge, but the woman believes she should should suffer a far greater penalty on August 16th while complaining about her meal at the popular restaurant at 4638 South 76th Street in Greenfield, Wisconsin. Mary Lockett was assaulted by Jason DeYoung, the former location manager. As a result of his actions, the woman says um, she has suffered uh, eye damage and mental health challenges. According to Luckett, she had never had a problem with food from the restaurant before, but the time the food, uh, the food was nasty. She said my food was nasty. The corn was hard. The potatoes was hard. I told Jason, look, this is my friend's first time here. I done bragged about this place. Y'all bring out these plates. However, when she asked for a new, a new meal, Diong had an attitude, nervous about him um, possibly spitting in her food. She asked for someone else to prepare. And if that could not be accommodated, she said she wasn't going to pay. After that, Diong escalated the situation, requiring members of the Greenfield Police Department to be notified about the incident. Diong says that's not what happened. Though he did not report this to the police during an interview with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he said he tossed a drink in her face because she had called him a racial slur. The meaning is that his Asian 
identity. The man told the responding officer um, he assaulted a woman because she said she was going to have to leave and not pay for the food. On the police body cam, the body, the manager, I'm sorry, the manager could be heard saying, I threw a glass of water at her. She just reacted and threw something back at me. I shouldn't have, but I was really frustrated. He also alleged the woman was intoxicated. Surveillance footage was given to the GPD and showing the chronology of the altercation. Hmm. Let's see this again. Hmm. I don't know, man. So I'm saying, let me look at that again. rewind it rewind it again she looked like she was agitating him like something was said by her something was said by her that he would throw that drink in her in his in her face What was with having that your cell phone like that? What? Hmm. Something was said. Something was said between the words were exchanged. Words were exchanged. Hmm. After De Jong escalated, after that, De Jong escalated the situation requiring members of the Greenfield Police Department to be notified about the incident. De Jong says that's not what happened, though he did not report it to the police during the interview with the Milwaukee Journal. He said he tossed a drink in her face because she called him a racial slur demeaning his, his Asian identity. The man told the responding officer he assaulted the woman because she said she was she was going to leave and not pay for the food. On the police body cam, the manager could be heard saying, I threw a glass of water at her. She just reacted and throwing and threw something back at me. I shouldn't have, but I was really frustrated. Hmm. Luckhead is seen in the video gesturing towards Dion with one hand and her cell phone in the other. In the police report, it is revealed that Luckhead was on the phone with her boyfriend at the beginning of the incident. The next frame of the video shows Dion picking up the woman's glass, which he says contained an alcohol beverage garnishing and cut with lemon and splashing her face with it. The victim claims the drink went into her eyes. The officers confirmed Luckett's eyes were red and turning up as if irritated by something. It escalated so quickly, said Luckett. I was asking him why I was being treated this way. In response, he assaulted the woman, picked up the bar stool and hurled it across the bar, also hitting the former manager. 
Hmm. That's something. Eventually, he was cited by the police for disorderly conduct. Yong said he was going to pay. He was going to pay it, and said he was sorry for losing his cool, but believes Luckett is wrongful for shifting the blame on him. She's blaming me for everything. I am not even being defensive. She can say whatever she wants. He said, insisting she called him a derogatory name. Tuesday, September 27, five weeks after the incident, the franchise owner of the Crab Dijor that Dion worked for released a statement saying, we are both shocked and enraged by the incident. We have zero tolerance for this type of behavior and take this incident very seriously because the trust and safety of our customers is our highest priority. An employee in question has been terminated and internal investigation and corporate policy review is currently underway to ensure that this does not happen again. The statement continued. We will continue to cooperate with local law enforcement during this ongoing investigation. Some reports state he was fired as early as Wednesday, September 21st. Luckett believes that Deong should have suffered a far graver reprimand for his actions and the damages he caused her. According to Luckett, she has been traumatized by the event and is now seeing a therapist. She said she also had to be treated by doctors for chemical burns to her eyes. She suffered. She told Fox 6, it's hard for me. Honestly, it's been very hard. I'm still feeling super emotional, super traumatized. My iris is swollen. So even though it's not a physical appearance, it's the inside which causes my vision to be blurry, Luckett also revealed. A week after the incident, Luckett linked with members of the original Black Panthers and went up to the restaurant to confront Young. A video of that confrontation was posted on Facebook. Okay, let's look into this. Okay. Anybody see that video? I'm sorry, man. There's something there. She was making a jerking notion with her hand. It's so I'm sorry, man. Some words were exchanged, bro. 
And if you made racial remarks, if she made it, I'm sorry, I, I will kind of believe she did make those racial remarks. People aren't going to take that, especially in our climate today. Black people aren't going to take being called the N-word. Asian people aren't going to be taking, ain't going to take it um, being called a derogatory name either. So, yeah, I, w- I look at both sides. I'm like, listen, I, I can't really come up there. And you guys ain't really going to do nothing. You're not going to do des- uh, vandalize a place. You're not going to do that. I don't really think the Black Panther Party has power like that anymore. I think they just don't have, they, they're just lines with no teeth. Why would you want to throw the drink in this girl's face? Why? Because you were angry, right? No. Oh, then why did you do it? Just tell me why you did it. You ain't got no reason why, right? So now you're sorry. Why weren't you sorry before? You didn't say it. You didn't reach out to her. Reach out to her was not going to make a difference. He would have been charged with harassment. You want you you don't have the power to do that, bro. What are you talking about? You can't shut it down. Okay? He's a manager. He could be fired, but that business is still gonna go on, bro. I don't know what you're trying to do here. Cause all he gotta do is call the police. I'm not for woman beating. I'm just saying the truth here. He has no real power here. He's just a lion with no teeth. You could be the manager of a franchise and not be the owner. You're the manager. You can be replaced. The owner is completely different. The owner owns the franchises. I don't know where this guy is going with this. Bro, you're trying to get a fight here. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He looks like a total idiot. Shut down permanently. If I have to come here 
weekly. I'm going to do it. You see, I'm seeing people here weekly. We're going to do it. I'm going to the DA. I'm going back to the to the Greenfield Police Department, which is racist as fuck. If they're racist as hell, why would you go there for help? Why don't you go to other black organizations that are actually credible to get this place shut down if that's what you really want to do? You're coming up here trying to intimidate this man. It doesn't look, the optics don't look good. And I want you arrested. And I want you charged with assault, baby. And I want this place shut down. What do you got to say? Nothing to say. You don't want to apologize to the black community for what the fuck you did? The dance for me. Touch this dude, it's gonna be a problem. See what I'm talking about? The, the... You want to hit this place up with lawsuits? Go ahead. Get lawyers. Do what you got to do. But this right here, it looks like a shakedown. You're trying to shake this dude down. He don't have to do a damn thing. whole optics for this looks so so this so stupid 
just dumb. All right. Now you go to court, he could sue you. He could. He could. He could come at you too. You're trying to force him to apologize. Trying to intimidate him. You went to an establishment, tried to intimidate him. Sorry, man. Just I'm, she. She had a part to play in this. I'm sorry. I looked at the video. It seems like words were exchanged from from her, and that is what set everything off. That's what I'm seeing here. I'm not a coon. You have to look at all the facts before you just go off and uh you know get all up in your emotions you have to get all the facts okay let's look at this NYPD officer beaten in the Bronx details attack that turned his life upside down let's get into it NYPD officer Mohammed Chowdhury fighting through his tears. He does not remember much from the day he was beaten and robbed by three men in the Bronx. This surveillance video obtained by Pix11 News shows the brutal attack. It was last month. Officer Chowdhury was doing his normal routine off duty at the time, out jogging until his entire world was turned upside down. I felt someone coming behind me, you know, and, uh, and, and grab me from behind till I get scared. In this exclusive interview, Officer Chowdhury describes the moment the men went after him. At one point, he tells us he pleaded with his attackers. What did you say to them? I told them I'm a police officer and, you know, stop so many times. They don't care. They just, you know, they're keep hitting me, kicking me. Chowdhury says nothing mattered to the men. I tried to fight, you know, kick, pushing, and uh, punching. Then he blacked out. I lost my consciousness. This is what surviving that attack looks like. The 18-year police veteran is still recovering from his injuries. His speech is slurred after suffering a fractured skull and bleeding on his brain. And that's not all. I have so much pain. My... You know, in my, in my, in my, in my back, my shoulder, you know, my, my head, and I have blue, you know, double vision in my left eyes. I can't, I don't see, I used to see before without, you know, these glasses. This 48-year-old husband and father of three young children says it was his faith, support from the NYPD, the community, his wife and family that kept him going while he was in the hospital and all he could think about family, I have to, I have to be back. and get back to not only his family but to the job he loves. In 1996, Chowdhury came to this country from Bangladesh. He went on to graduate college then took the exam to become a police officer. It was his dream job. He always wanted to help people, never thinking one day he would need help. I feel mad, angry, and sad. As far as his attackers, police say the same group of men is responsible for going on a crime spree, allegedly pulling off 19 robberies and carjackings throughout the Bronx and in Queens. Police arrested at least two teenagers in the case. Officer Chowdhury wants only one thing for them. I wish they spent their lives behind the bar. 
The officer is also thanking everyone for their support, the mayor, NYPD leadership, his fellow officers, the community, his family, you name it. He sent us a full statement on our website at pix11.com. Um, I don't know what to say. Bronx is a dangerous place, and um, people have to protect themselves at all times. You have to have your head on a swivel. Why didn't he pull his gun? Why didn't he have his gun on him? I'm not saying it's his fault. It's just questions. Why didn't he have his gun on him? Why didn't he just... You're supposed to have that on you. That certain jobs you don't... Certain jobs you are never off the job. You're just in plain clothes, but you're never off the job. And that's one of those jobs, being a cop. You are not off the job. Okay? It's like certain jobs, school teacher, cop. The reason why I say school to you is because these jobs are public professions and they have a public image and you have an image to uphold. You don't work for yourself. You work for another entity and you owe and you have certain powers and um, you have to protect yourself. OK, at all times being a cop. So I just wonder why didn't he pull out his gun? And I'm thinking about, you know, how this guy seems more like a peaceful guy. He it may be his dream job, but he does it. You know, it's a dream job, but is that dream really for you? Do you fit that dream? You understand? Okay, my dream could be a prize fighter, but have you ever gotten to a fight before? Can you take pain and give it out for long periods of time? You know, a boxing match is 12 rounds, you got to be taking. In it and dishing it for 12 rounds You know what I mean That's what I'm saying did, did you have You follow what I'm saying Do you have an aptitude for that type of What you want That's what I'm saying That is what I'm saying here Alright Okay Next one up Dangerous police chase turns into a dramatic standoff in San Gabriel Valley. Let's go check that one out. Here in Monterey Park with the suspect in custody. This after a wild pursuit that took a lot of twists and turns. A dramatic police chase ends in a standoff in Monterey Park Friday night. Officers with guns drawn drag the suspect out of the stolen Dodge Durango, putting him into custody after the suspect slammed on the brakes, sending plumes of smoke across the residential neighborhood on some railroad drive. That's how the pursuit ended. But look at the dramatic video of how it all unfolded. Friday afternoon, Skyfox was first over the chase scene on the 10 freeway. The CHP was in pursuit of the stolen Durango. The suspect drove through parts of East LA, Southgate, and the San Gabriel Valley. Look at the CHP's attempt to stop the SUV early on. 
officers throw out a spike strip, but that doesn't stop the driver. Instead, he keeps going, even when the SUV blew a tire, riding only on the rim. Then look again. Officers try a pit maneuver. The Durango loses control, but bounces back, and the driver continues the bizarre pursuit until landing in Monterey Park. Neighbors watch as police follow the Durango, eventually cornering the driver in a cul-de-sac. An officer repeatedly hits the SUV's window with a baton, then points a gun at the SUV. That's when the driver floored it, sending smoke into the air. The CHP officers switch tactics, surrounding the vehicle with guns drawn, while one officer approaches the driver's side door. The officer uses his baton and drags the driver up the SUV, ending the wild pursuit with the suspect in custody. Fortunately, no other vehicles were involved in this pursuit, and there are no reports of any injuries. Reporting live this evening, I'm Coco McAvoy, Fox 11 News. What a pursuit, Coco. Thank you. It's getting dangerous out here, man. It's really getting dangerous. Out of control. And people need to start arming themselves. The police... You know, are trying to do their job. People have to take care of their property, their cars. Criminals are getting more brazen. And it's not going to stop. It definitely isn't going to stop. I don't know what it is, but people are losing their minds. They think it's okay to commit crime. They think it's all right to just do whatever they want to do, regardless of the consequences. That's the problem. That is the issue these days. Now we're going to go into this story right now. If you're looking. Second. Let's get it. Got it right here. son and the boy's stepmother they're being charged with murder of rapper pnb rock hold on a minute let me play that again let me play that again a father is in custody along with his 17 year old son and the boy's stepmother they're being charged with murder of rapper pnb rock he was shot and killed during a robbery at roscoe's chicken and waffle in south you a whole family did this for what L.A. earlier this month. Fox 11's Christy Fajardo has more on the trio of suspects. She joins us now live from Compton. Christy. 
Now, one of the suspects, Chantel Trone, was arraigned here at the Compton Courthouse earlier today. The 17-year-old, whose name is not being released because he is a minor, was also arraigned in juvenile court. And his father was on the run until today. A family under arrest, 40-year-old Freddie Trone, no longer a fugitive, caught by police in Las Vegas. The LAPD says he was the getaway driver, and his 17-year-old son was the gunman who earlier this month shot and killed rapper PMB Rock while he was eating lunch at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in South LA with his girlfriend. The LAPD believes the duo was after the rapper's expensive jewelry. And this is crazy. For what? And PMB Rock had no business trying to be in the hood. You have there's a reason why people, when they make enough money, they leave the hood. Black people, especially, <clears throat> they leave the hood and go to the suburbs. Okay, they're not trying to stay there. The hood is a place of desperation and depression and death. They don't go back there. That's what got Nipsey Hussle killed. social media post his murder provoking outrage and calls for justice he was a guest in our community and was gunned down gunned down by a cowardly act also likely to turn how many other people have been gunned down by a cowardly act have you stepped up and said these things but because it's pnb rock you want to you know get yourself on tv just a thought was just out of jail and wearing an ankle monitor, which should have gone off once he left his home. Of course, going to go on the record, call the matter of people, it's just Chantel Trone. Also in custody, Freddie Trone's 38-year-old wife, Chantel, who choked back tears during her arraignment in Compton. Police have not said her involvement, but she pled not guilty to charges. Not you trying to get out of it. I hope she don't get out of this. I hope all of them get, to, get what's coming to them when it comes to sentencing. Your son, I mean, not it's your stepmother. So that's this is his this is his child, the, the man's child. You led your son down this path. He had an ankle monitor. He just got and you let him throw his life away like this. And you wonder why the black community is in the hellhole it is. The low income black community. There's plenty of black communities that are affluent and rich and don't act and they're not they don't have these problems. So I'm talking about these low income black communities that are struggling. And there's decent people there and they just want to live a decent life, but they can't because you got these animals here that are destroying and wreaking havoc on the community. Okay? She shouldn't be crying now. You got you got with this pookie you got with this pookie and his pookie son. Don't be crying now. I hope they all get a just sentence. You crying, don't please. Being an accessory after the fact. Chantel Trone is due back in court on October 13th. As for Freddie Lee Trone, he could be arraigned as early as tomorrow. Now, we did check jailhouse records, and it shows that someone with the same name and the same age was arrested back in August and was released in March of this year from county jail. But those records did not say on what charges. Live in Compton, Chrissy Bob. This is crazy. That person should have stayed in jail. That person should have stayed in jail. 
And this is the craziness and the lunacy happening with our justice system. And you wonder why people think the justice system is a joke. It's nothing more than a joke. Let's get into this other story now. Unbelievable. A local police lieutenant is out of a job after several officers accused her of creating a hostile work environment, drinking on the job, among other things. Channel 2's Taisha Fernandez has learned the city of South Fulton hired an outside police agency to investigate this. The Sparta Police Department took this on and interviewed nearly 30 employees with the South Fulton Police Department. In the end, they found that the main complaints were substantiated. There were several violations of department policy and maybe even some criminal violations. The allegations against then-Lieutenant Shannon McKessie started late last year, when eight South Fulton police officers made two official complaints. More than half of them said on the record, Lieutenant McKessie created a hostile work environment because she was, quote, terrible. Seven officers complained that McKessie would drink alcohol at work, forced others to do it with her, and claimed people are intimidated by McKessie because of her relationship with the chief and his wife. At least one officer complained that Lieutenant McKessie mishandled money from crime scenes. In a memo to city officials, when the HR director, Nikki Graham, tried to launch an investigation, Graham said Councilwoman Helen Willis tried to fire her. In that same memo, Graham said, it concerns me that Councilwoman Willis would ask to terminate me for doing my job. The city manager, Tammy Sather-Jones, also sent a memo saying Willis accused the HR director of meddling in police business and that she needs to leave the city and go to another agency. That's when the city manager called for an outside police agency, Smyrna Police, to investigate. Smyrna investigators spoke to more than 20 South Fulton Police Department employees. I asked Police Chief Keith Meadows to sit down with me, but he declined an interview. I also requested an interview with Councilwoman Willis, but she never answered my request. However, Willis did say in a previous Facebook post, there's no merit to these allegations. But the Smyrna, the Smyrna Police, police investigation, investigation found the complaints from Sergeant Burkhart and Detective King for hostile work environment, environment are substantiated. There, there were several substantiated violations of city of South Fulton policy, South Fulton Police Department policy, and labor act violations. There is a highly probable criminal violation of theft found in this investigation. All people in the polygraph were determined to be truthful except Lieutenant McKessie. Atlanta has to be Atlanta, man. It has to be Atlanta. I don't believe that, man. I just... <laughs> uh, it's becoming a joke. These liberal cities are a joke. The hiring process, everything is just one 
bad joke. You can't trust the police department now with the hiring process. Not even that. Drinking on the job, all this type of nonsense. Something happened, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if the reason why she got on that job is because um it, it is because she uh she went the Kamala Harris route. Okay. I would not be surprised at all. Get mad at me all you want. I don't care. Because the reality is, the only way she would get in that, she ain't that, uh, bad of a look, okay, she's not, so, her, that, it's sad to say, but, um, when a person has horrible traits, but they are attractive, they can get away with things, they will slip through the cracks, that's just how it is, compared to a person that's not attractive, and they get checked quick, it happens, all right? Look at, uh, what is it, AOC. Look at AOC. She doesn't know what she's talking about sometimes, okay? But the fact that she's attractive, she's nice on the eyes, she gets a pass. Look at Kamala Harris. Look at the hell she created when she was being a lawyer. I'm um, being a, a prosecutor, okay? Look at the look at the, the 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 horror that she inflicted on the justice system and people, because but because she looks cute on the eyes back in the day, and because of Willie Brown, she gets a pass. That's how it is. All right, let's check out this stuff with the uh, Mexican cartels at the border on Biden's watch. Let's get into that. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. So what happens if you put together the Democrats' open borders zealotry with another of their drug legalization? Well, you have a total catastrophe. A massive explosion of crime and violence as Mexican cartels build a vast illegal marijuana Daily Caller investigative journalist Jorge Ventura has put together a fantastic documentary in all this. And I spoke to him about it for my podcast, The Daily California. He told me that although Democrats have totally ignored this issue, there is one member of Congress who's noticed and is trying to do something about it. As I was covering the border, I actually met Congressman Mike Garcia. So for folks who don't know, Mike Garcia, he represents District 25 here in California. And my hometown is actually in District 25. And he said, hey, Jorge, the reason I'm so focused on the border 
um, we have a community uh, back in California called Antelope Valley, and what he said is we have a Mexican uh, cartel crisis with illegal marijuana. I would say if it wasn't for him, a lot of a lot of this issue wouldn't even make it into the news, and a lot of these uh, like LA County really depended on new, on Garcia because Garcia fought for them to get funding by highlighting the, this issue, bringing even the issue to DC. Interesting. So he's been doing a fantastic um, job on it. And here he is now with us in the flesh. It's California Congressman, a member of the House Appropriations Committee, Mike Garcia. Mike, I think you got his vote. <laughs> I think so, yeah. But this is an unbelievable. When, when I have the details, you believe it. tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, I didn't believe it uh, myself until I saw it firsthand. We started getting uh, phone calls uh, about a year and a half ago about these illegal marijuana growths uh, propping up in the middle of the high desert of L.A., the Antelope Valley, Palmdale, Lancaster, in the, in the northern part of my district. Uh, by the dozens. And uh, so I took a flight with the LA sheriffs uh, in their helicopter and flew around. And what, what I saw just blew me away. Literally hundreds, if not over a thousand of these nurseries that in many cases, most of them were over an acre, some of them as large as 10, 20 acres, uh, and very elaborate uh, nurseries with infrastructure stealing our water. In some cases, literally uh, piping hoses for miles out of the California aqueduct. So in a, in a state where we have a massive drought stealing right. our water, uh, being run by cartels, uh, being uh, managed and actually farmed by people who came across the border illegally uh, and were paying off their debt. They were smuggled across the, the border by the cartels, and this was their way of paying back their debt. Uh, and so terrible impact to the environment, to the community. We saw uh, local uh, constituents being uh, held at gunpoint uh, for water, uh, people stealing local farmers' water, uh, threatening to, to, to effectively annex their land. Uh, and and, and we, we, we fixed the problem. I, I, I held the town hall right in the middle of my district where uh, we had the constituents come and tell us what was happening. And in the front row, we had a cartel member uh, dr dressed similar to what I am right now, except he had a, a holster and a little nine millimeter uh, pistol there. And in the front row, just looking at me like uh, this is this is not his problem and, and we need to go away. Um, and so we, we, we did reach out to local uh, law enforcement. Uh, Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva immediately uh, uh, got the, uh, the, the folks together to start tackling this problem. We got federal help uh, to come in and augment his funding, about a, a million dollars in federal grant money for the marijuana eradication team to come in. Uh, DEA agents to augment the local law enforcement who were obviously already over overtasked and underfunded. Uh, and we've been uh, basically hammering away at these guys for the last year and yeah. a half. And we put a national spotlight. We still have more to do, but uh, we've, we've reduced by about 80% so far. Well, that shows what you could, what, what you know, one engaged member of Congress can do. But I mean, unfortunately, I always look at these problems from a policy point of view, like the, the sort of stock and the flow. So right. you, you've dealt with the stock, as it were, like That's what right. was there. But the flow just keeps coming because of the border situation. Yeah, and it's and not just your, it's all over California. Yeah, and that's moving the, to other states. Exactly the problem. And as, and as aggressive as we were, we're just squeezing the balloon, right? The, the cartels are now setting up shop in, in San Bernardino and other counties uh, outside of L.A. County because that's our district where we're focusing on it. Uh, it would really ha uh, go a long way and help us quite a bit if, if the president of the United States and his administration would actually secure the border and, and choke off that flow so we wouldn't actually be incentivizing cartels to come to our district. That would be a novel idea to have our elected officials actually look out for our security uh, and not put us in harm's way. And to the exactly, I mean, and, and to the point I just made earlier with Gloria, and, you know, this idea that they need to wait for legislation to secure the border is That's just unreal. A joke. Unreal. Uh, we seized two billion dollars worth of illegal marijuana street value, uh, uh, six hundred animals, a couple hundred arrests, about uh, four dozen firearms. Uh, when you compare the the marijuana problem that we have in our high desert problem to the fentanyl issues we have now nationwide. It's a, it's a very 
tame problem compared to the killer called fentanyl, and, and this administration's uh, at fault for that. So you're in a crucial race, um, uh, and in terms of control of the House, and I just want to check in with you on that. How's it going? What are the big issues? Yeah, no, it's a it's a tight race. It always will be. I, I represent a blue district. It's not a purple district. This is a district that uh, Joe Biden won by 12 percent in the last election. I, I won by a very narrow margin, but. Uh, it's because people uh, in my district are, are informed about the issues and the candidates and they're paying attention to the lower level seats. And in the end, it doesn't matter if they're a Democrat or a Republican. They just want security and they, they want to be able to continue to survive, especially in California. Uh, and right now, the economy is on the forefront of everyone's minds. This is what everyone's talking about. Uh, literally every town hall. I just had right. one a couple weeks ago. Inflation is a backbreaker. Cost of living in California. Uh, all of these things are on a, on a completely different coordinate system than the national averages. And uh, we're, we're struggling just to make ends meet in our district throughout California. And the larger mission for me is, is to prevent the nation from becoming California. Right, and, exactly. and, this, and this president and his administration have adopted California's uh, policies as, as a blueprint for his domestic policy. Uh, and this is why we're seeing now that the country trend the way it is, especially from an economic perspective. I'm very confident that we need this man. Um, in the Congress. Good luck, Mike Kelsey. Great to see you tonight. Thank you you so much. And to hear the whole conversation on this topic I had with Jorge Ventura, and it really is eye-opening. When you hear the details, you just won't believe it. Go to my website, Steve Hilton's Rebel. All right. Um, Okay. Okay, let's go to the next story. All right. Californians are suffering, you know. I mean, you got to get out, Gavin. Newsom, and uh, I don't—I don't know what really to say because Gavin Newsom is probably going to be on board with—is probably on board with this. He is, and Joe Biden, but that's not going to happen. The only solution is people are going to have to arm themselves, and they're going to have to defend themselves because. Uh, the president is not going to help in a situation. The U.S. President Biden does not care about you. Okay, he cares about following the will of his masters. Okay, just like every other president has to do, unless they want to actually be for the people and end up getting deleted. Now, <clears throat> I got to put up this special screen of mine. One minute. It's got some news that you know uh, they don't like. Some news about what's happening with inflation. And this is something that is coming straight out of the mouth of Bank of America. That's right. Let's hear what they got to say. Bank of America warns inflation genies out of the bottle. President Joe Biden, his administration, and the Fed have been constantly assuring America that the record-breaking inflation is under control. The Bank of America doesn't think so. The inflation genie is out of the bottle. The bank wrote in a research note last week emphasizing that it could be a long time before it goes back inside the bottle. And everything goes back to normal. Bank of America's team of analysis headed by Anthanosus Vamvidikis found that 
and in cases of inflation above 5% in advanced economies from the 1980s to the 2000s, it took 10 years on average to bring inflation back down to 2%. To 2% by 2024. But we are concerned it could take longer, the analysis wrote. They further said that the central banks around the world are actually not in full control of inflation, pointing out that policy tightening has its limits. Inflation in advanced economies today is much higher than 5% and has not even peaked yet in most cases. for the economy if interest rates go down or a negative hard landing if they continue to increase and the fed is forced to continue hike hike interest rates while their baseline is leaning toward the positive scenario the analysis believe that the risk for the negative scenario could not be ignored they await the rest of the union data to help them predict which scenario would unfold as of August, inflation was down slightly by 0.2% from July's reading of 8.5%, pushing the Fed to implement the third consecutive interest rate hike of 75 basis points last week. We do not necessarily expect that it would take a decade to bring inflation down to the 2% target in advanced economies. The analysis stated in a note, however, the historic evidence on inflation calls for caution. In the meantime, American families would have to expand from their own pockets an extra 11600 this year, according to the new estimates by personal finance firm NerdWallet. The estimates are were based on... Inf- ...compared to this year to 2020, when the um, pandemic began. In Americans, if Americans, I'm sorry, would want to follow the same standard of living they did in 2020, they would need to spend this. Ex- they would need to spend extra amount. According to this, 2020 was the last full year when inflation was relatively stable at 1.23 percent. In all of 2020, American households spend 61,300 on average. This number includes everything we spend our money on: housing, food, entertainment, clothing, transportation, everything else. They wrote. The analysis added that in 2020, it stands to reach 72,900 if consumers living. Okay. Let's see how in this video, how the government, not corporations, is causing the inflation. All right, let's get into it. All right. Okay. Here we go. And you know, one of the things that the Biden administration is doing is they're blaming inflation on, on corporations. They're saying it's greedy corporations that are causing inflation. Of course, they are relying. Sorry, it's slowing. All right. To fall for that lie, let's hear somebody debunk it thoroughly on the House floor. Here it is. Go down the pathway 
of providing dollars to people and they don't have to exchange labor, which is the way our economy functions, for money to pay for their goods and services, do you think that leads to a labor shortage, yes or no? Like I said, I believe we're, we're experiencing a shortage of good jobs, not a shortage of labor. And I think it's really critical not to blame working people. For I'm not blaming prices. working people. What I would say is I'm blaming government policy. You need to defend your civilization. Free to sign up and you get the. <sighs> Truth hammer. On the House hearing on corporate influence on inflation. You know, like I said previously in the show, this is this is the time when the Republican view of the world, the conservative view of the world, the traditional, correct, right, loving Christian view of the world is primed and ready for a resurgence. Everything is failing on a global level everywhere that these globalist puppets have gotten their hands on the control levers is collapsing in record time and everybody sees it in fact one of the other things that was discussed during yesterday's meet the press it was the previous white house spokeswoman the red-haired lady and it was her saying you know if this election in 2022 is a referendum on the biden administration and the biden presidency then it's not going to be good for democrats yeah well it is and it's not ready for that because as soon as biden got into office everything got significantly worse and the only solution to the increasing suffering and decreasing quality of life across the board in this country is to gaslight the people saying things like actually we've had the best economy in the world right now actually we're succeeding wildly actually actually our inflation reduction act is uh, the cure for cancer i mean just full-on propaganda They're the only thing they have at this point is they can't make an argument. They can't say vote for us because things are getting better. They just say vote for us. Don't you're a terrorist vote for us because if you vote for the other guys, you are an extremist and you can be murdered and we will not even punish the murderer. You are a danger to democracy if you don't vote for us. That's all they have at this point. ignorance and naivety of the average American for that lie. Let's hear bunk it thoroughly on the House floor. Here it is. Go down the pathway of providing dollars to people and they don't have to exchange labor, which is the way our economy functions for money to pay for their goods and services. Do you think that leads to a labor shortage? Yes or no? with labor having to take your talents and ability you're getting money as a result it depends on the, in the industriousness of the individual at that point i'm not blaming anybody if you're giving out free money shoot okay cool most people are just gonna go ahead and take it we know this but if you have a legitimate economic choice to make 
at your kitchen table. I can go work 40 hours or I can go work 20 hours and our living does not change. People have been, their own decision to make about what they're going to do. The point I'm making is that labor shortage, which was created by the quote unquote American Rescue Plan, led to a labor shortage. And that labor shortage has led to price increases because you had people who had the revenue and the but not enough goods in circulation to purchase. Mr. Goodspeed, is that an accurate assessment of what's happened in America since Joe Biden became president of the United States? Yes, I think that's a fair description. So let's establish a couple things. Yes, they are. Electricity prices are up. Good prices are up. The only reason why fuel uh, gasoline prices are down is because the president's been basically buying down the price with releases from the strategic petroleum preserve, which, by the way, that's coming to an end as well. We are in a recession. I think we've covered a lot. Donalds, who represents Southwest Florida District 19, just giving a basic Econ 101 lesson. Right? They don't even have an answer. Want to win. They will portray it as a referendum, a scorecard for the Biden administration. And Anybody that's looking around with any semblance of common sense, cognitive, you know, uh, reality, I mean, just anybody that can actually see what's happening has to recognize the Biden administration is pursuing suicidal policies that have only made everything worse. And it's up to Republicans, I guess, to make that argument. They're done in a very thorough way by Mr. Donalds. With that, we go back out to your phone calls. We have David in California who has some very good news about his gender transition. David, what's going on here? Thanks for calling in. Hi, Harrison. It's Bacon again. How you doing this morning? Good, thank you. Um, so, remember last time we were talking about my transition and I was male, born male, went to female and became back male. Yes. Well, during the transition of coming back to being a male, I've been trying all these other products. I've been trying to figure out a way to boost my testosterone levels naturally. Um, and then, of course, the doctors are trying to recommend all these medications and stuff. And I found that none of them were actually working. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this one more product. So I kind of bought you guys the hair and beard uh, formula. And three months later, my facial hair started not growing, started growing here. That's what the Biden administration doesn't want. They don't want you to understand, you know, that the country is going into the toilet. They want you to just be reckless, just live normal while this crash is coming. And then when it comes, you're going to be creating anarchy. You're going to be robbing. You're going to be stealing. You're going to be killing. and that's when they bring in the new world order and that's where you'll be heavily dependent on the government 
with this guy right here, he's breaking out of the matrix. He's finally understand that <clears throat> the left has been lying to him. He's trying to get some resemblance of his masculinity back. It's unfortunate that only so few of them actually recognize what's going on. Many of them end up deleting themselves. Again, they will not tell you this. They will definitely not tell you this. They'll say, go ahead, go to the go to the local chop shop, go do this. And then when you finally realize what you have done and, you know, they just go on to the next person because you're eventually going to end up possibly deleting yourself. There's a 99, it isn't, I'm sorry, there's a 90% delete, self-deletion rate when they do this type of uh, transforming. And they want to do this to kids. They want to bring the age down to kids to try to transform. And then these kids may end up re will regret it and possibly delete themselves. I'm just very proud that the product works. So the formula is a great product, guys. Like, I mean, and it actually does work. Wow, that that is actually amazing. I, I gotta admit, I I thought this was gonna be a joke call at first. I thought this was somebody making no. a joke saying, "Oh, I'm transitioning to a man, so I, I use the hair and beard formula." So I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have assumed that was a joke. So you're, <laughs> that's real. I you're actually, you're actually being serious. I'm telling you, yes, I am. No yeah, and uh, of course the book, Alex Jones, The War for the World, that's a great book, great read. You all want to win, buy that book too, because it's great. Wow, that's, so, that's so awesome. I bought, I bought a couple of copies the other day, so I'm going to hand them out a couple, to a couple of my friends. Well, thank you so much for your support, and I remember you calling in a lot. The word transition as possible. Being helped with the InfoWars hair and beard formula. Okay, um, so, uh, all right, I got to move on. I got to move on. Um as you, you know what type of uh you know what type of uh place we're at you know we're going slowly into communism so i have to keep moving on and there will be a day when i just said that i kind of think that there will be a day when we will be living in like nazi germany when people who are putting out content like this they have to be extremely careful because they have to worry about someone kicking in their door and dragging them off to a FEMA camp. I'm being serious. That We're going in that direction. We are going in that direction. And I wouldn't be surprised if Azov Battalion is going to be leading the charge. Because our government is open. People who are understanding what is going on here, they understand we are slowly going into communism. We are slowly going to be a fascist society. That is what's going to happen. If any of you are paying attention, you know what I'm talking about. Just look at how I have to move when I'm doing this content. Look at how I have to move. Okay? And many others is coming to that point. It is coming there. A lot of people laugh it off and don't think it's like that. They're still asleep, but they'll wake up, but it will be too late. And they have to find some way to get food or who they got to be a parasite over to try to get some source of substance to feed themselves and their kids. It really is like that. It is. Okay, 
All right. Yeah, got another story here. So let me get into it. <clears throat> I'll just go shoot right towards it because, uh, like I said, all right, let's go. Let's go. So could you think that uh, possibly, possibly, do you think America likely sabotaged Nord Stream pipelines to provoke Russia and make Europe more reliant on American natural gas? Do you think that could be the case? I want to know. Do you think that possibly could be the case? Hmm. Let's get into it. Car Talk Radio Live. Some would say, see, they're trying, they were trying to create a false flag, the goal, the globalist, and say that Putin did this to start World War III. I think it's not that. I think these people are just this stupid. I think they're that dumb in the White House. I think God has blinded them that they're going to their own destruction. I really do. I think America is headed for nuclear war and it's a one-way nuclear war where america does not even respond i've said this i said this before there was a war in ukraine before anyone even thought russia could threaten to attack america with nuclear weapons when they thought there was no chance when people thought russia was our friend just a few years ago i was saying that and that russia will when they do we won't even respond and people said you're insane ben and I said, no, I'm using biblical prophecy. This is how I know this is going to happen at some point in time. It's all right here, folks. It's right at the door. And we're provoking. And now it's more than just provoking. Vladimir Putin just said, I'm not bluffing when he talked about nuking the West. And he's not bluffing, folks. That's not a bluff. And I just explained in the show before these morons in the White House just did this. I just explained that Putin is designed not to carry out a long-term war. Not even in the Ukraine. He's not designed for that. He's designed to do surprise sudden attack with Mach 9 nuclear missiles where you don't see it coming. And if he puts subs on the coasts, he can hit you. Boom, 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 boom. And it's over. And it will be over in one hour. One hour. It will be over. It'll start. And be done in one hour. And in that time of the mass chaos, there will never be an order given on our side to, go, to do it. And we won't even know for sure who hit us. Because it could be Iran. It could be North Korea. It could be a whole bunch of other people. And it's not like the nuclear missiles are going to launch from the mainland of Russia. That is not what is going to happen if they ever do attack. Goodness gracious. The stupidity. Like I said... This is God blinding them because they have become ungodly people. 
And when you are an ungodly people who who know that God exists, you know there is the creator, and you deny him and mock him, and then you go into all sorts of depravity and blindness, and you believe in your own wisdom, which is pure foolishness. And they think bringing America down, that they can do this and still be part of this global society, and they don't understand that the globalists, they would love to do a false flag to get Russia and America in a nuclear war. The globalists around the world would love that. Our American globalists are the biggest morons because they go along with those people not knowing the globalists want America wiped off the face of the earth. And you globalists in America, like the Biden and everyone in the White House right at this time who are globalist Americans, you're going to your own destruction. They are trying to kill you too, you morons. You're not going to be rulers in the new world order. You are going to be dead. And if you survive a nuclear war with Russia, they will kill you later. They're not going to let you live. In, in fact, part of me is like, good, because these people are so stupid and evil and hate America anyways. I don't even care that they go to their own destruction, except for it means our destruction. These morons are going to destroy your life and your country. Folks, Tucker Carlson did a great job. If any of you think that this is a small deal, folks, this should be the biggest news in the world. This is America is what it looks like. I don't have confirmation, but I mean, Biden making that statement should be confirmation enough. That's why I opened with it. I don't even usually open with a clip so that, you know, I'm not making it. This is they there's no way we didn't do this. And and if that's the case, that we did this, that is an act of war. Oh, but the pipeline wasn't in use right now. Okay, that's like saying, imagine America's pipeline from Alaska to the mainland. It gets struck in Canada. And it gets blown up. But we had shut it down for a little while. Not that we wanted it destroyed, because we might start it up. In the, and I'm talking about Russia with Germany. This is a pipeline the Nordstrom pipeline for natural gas to go from Russia to Germany. Yes, Russia did shut it down using it as political leverage, but they wouldn't blow it up because maybe negotiations happen. It's their leverage and they can turn it back on if they want to. We just ensured that they can't. And that would be an attack. It would be like Russia doing that to one of our pipelines. And maybe we shut it down for repairs. It's still an attack. We just attacked Russia if we did this. And now Russia has 100% justification. And I thought they might do this even without the justification, without being able to point to, here's where America attacked us specifically. Now they can say, here's where America attacked us specifically and said they would attack us specifically. Here's their president saying that they would do that. Now Putin to the world stage, if he does do a one hour nuclear blitz on America, the world can't say jack squat to Putin. They can't say he's not justified. Your White House, Joe Biden, just wrote a death certificate for you, and he justified Vladimir Putin to attack America. He just gave Putin a justification. That's how awful Joe Biden is and the idiots in the White House, the morons, the scumbags, the evildoers. 
and God is going to eviscerate them with nuclear weapons. They are not going to exist. They're going to not even wake up one day and realize, uh oh, wait a minute, God's real and I'm standing before him and he's going to cast me into hell. Yep, that's coming very soon for you punks. That is. Here's Tucker on this whole situation. My thing is just the fact that some of these people just think it's just the evil Democrats and the Republicans are just, just saints of God. No, it's both sides. Both sides are on this. I mean, you may, people will think that Trump is a savior. No, he's not. He's going along with it. Trump takes orders from Bill Gates. Sorry. He's he's right along with them. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, you hate to start a Tuesday evening on a grim note, but one of the environmental catastrophes, one of the great environmental catastrophes of our time is unfolding tonight off the coast of Denmark. The Nord Stream pipelines, which are enormous Russian-owned conduits that carry natural gas from Russia to Western Europe, have been breached. As we speak, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 are pouring millions of cubic meters of natural gas into the Baltic Sea. Pictures from the air, which you can now see on your screen, show a toxic bubble field more than half a mile wide. You can only guess at how many marine mammals are being killed right now, countless. But the lasting damage may be to the atmosphere. Natural gas is comprised of up to 90% methane. Methane, as Joe Biden has often told you, is the key driver of global warming, which is, of course, an existential threat to humanity and the planet. So if you're worried about climate change, what just happened to the Nord Stream pipelines is as close to the apocalypse as we have ever come. Yeah, and folks, you shouldn't be worried about climate change. It's a scam. And I know Tucker's just saying that because they say they care about the environment, which they don't, clearly. You should worry about global warming, nuclear global warming, because that's probably going to happen. Now the question is when? Folks, it isn't coincidence that God had me do the show I just did right before this. Okay, okay you can think it's coincidence. I don't. I, I, I'm spiritually aware of what's going on in the world today, and uh, most people won't understand it and will think it's crazy. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times my track record is proven right. It doesn't matter how many times people think I'm crazy and then I'm proven right. And then they have to come back and say, oh, my gosh, you were right. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Time is running out. And I don't think there's much time left. And this, this, this might not be the last triggering event, but I'm giving you the understanding that this event that just happened gives Vladimir Putin a green light on the world stage to nuke America and no ally of America would even come to America's defense or even try to respond. They would say, technically, Russia's justified. And they'd be too scared to anyways, like they would ever stand up to Russia on their own. They wouldn't. They only stand up when we're backing them. But let's just pretend they wanted to. They're just, they, they have an out. Hey, man, America... America did it first. America poked with NATO, and now America struck first. Your moron president struck first with a guy who just said just a few days earlier, I will nuke you, and I'm not bluffing. And Biden said, let's go sabotage their gas line. Wow. I mean, you know it's not even really Biden. It's his advisors. They're all idiots. They're all morons. They're all going to their death. At some point in time. And if if for some miracle we don't get nuked, 
by some miracle, if that were to not happen, they're still going to go to their death and stand before God at some point in time. So they shouldn't relax ever. More from Tucker. So the question is, how did this happen? And it turns out it was not an accident. At the very same time that leaks in these pipelines were detected, Swedish officials recorded two powerful undersea explosions, each one of which was equivalent to hundreds of pounds of TNT. Nothing in nature can account for that. Almost immediately, the pipelines began leaking in three separate places. So there's only one explanation for what happened. This was an act of industrial terrorism. That was very obvious to the prime minister of Poland, and he wasted no time in saying so. Watch. Today, we are also dealing with an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. Let me take it a step further. It's more than an act of sabotage, it's terrorism. And it doesn't just affect Russia. Imagine if Germany said, hmm, you know, we know Russia shut off the gasoline and we know we're heading for winter and we know it's going to be really bad, but we're going to negotiate some sort of deal with them at some point to get the gas light, uh, the gas turned back on because let's say it's January and they're freezing and they need to cut a deal and they are able to negotiate and cut a deal. Now they can't even do that. So we just made the Germans ticked off at us as well. You got to factor that in too. You think the Germans are going to come to our defense if Russia nukes us now? And who who really has the biggest influence in the European Union? Germany. So if Germany's ticked at us and Russia nukes us, they're going to say, America, you did it to yourself. And the whole European Union is going to follow what Germany says. Do you understand what just happened? The things that I've been predicting are now just laid right before you and the moment before this all happens, we're in. And I I don't know for sure. I always think things happen quicker than they do. But this, 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 I said October, folks. Watch out for October. I don't think Putin will respond in one day. But I don't think he'll respond in two years. We're in deep trouble, and your leaders, which are not really our leaders, we know, but these evil people in Washington, D.C., they're so stupid, they're going to their own destruction. Praise God that God will bring a remnant through. Praise God that God will protect the ones that he wants to protect, because they're the, which means almost nobody in Washington, D.C. will be protected. That's almost a guarantee. Nobody. In Washington, D.C., except for maybe one or two, maybe a few members of the Freedom Caucus or something. And that's it. Some people are like, good. I, Folks, it's not a good. Your country is about to end. It's very possible. And how that's going to affect you. I like this guy's book. He has it right here. Deep State Nazi Hidden Access. It's true because we, our government, I, I wouldn't be surprised if our government is infl infiltrated by Nazis. I wouldn't be surprised. The U.S. government needed the Nazis to build the space program because they were having a Cold War with Russia. 
because Russia was having their space program. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's why you have Nazis in government. And that's why we have the situations we have now. I mean, like I said, Azov Battalion, proud Nazis, knew about them since what, for eight for eight years? And this government was funding them? Ukraine is pro-Nazi. No matter how much they people of the mainstream will try to paint it like they're denying it and they're not like that. No. Pure Nazis. Jew. And they they visited our White House. Remember that these were the people that the U.S. fought in World War II that were under Hitler. And these same Nazis are now in the White House. Beyond what most people are mentally prepared for, I am not being overdramatic. Anyone who doesn't think that this is a huge deal when Russia just said that they were not bluffing on nuking you, and then the sabotage attack happens, and we have our leaders saying they did it, basically, before it happened, but they were saying that they were going to do this, that's, that's the doomsday clock hitting 12 and dinging. That's what that is. We can clearly see, he said, this was an act of sabotage, an act of terrorism. Well, yes, we can see that. So the question is who did it? And of course, the prime suspect is obvious. It would be the same man who caused domestic inflation here in the U.S. and stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton. That'd be Vladimir V. Putin. The Washington Post got right to it. Putin, they declared, is now weaponizing the Nord Stream pipeline. According to the Canadian ambassador to the U.N., Vladimir Putin has decided to use, quote, pollution as an act of war. Progressive Twitter strongly endorsed this conclusion. Putin did it. And that makes sense until you thought about it for just a moment. Vladimir Putin may be evil. They tell us that he is evil. But is he stupid? Probably isn't stupid. And yet, and here's the strange part, if you are Vladimir Putin, you would have to be a suicidal moron to blow up your own energy pipelines. That's Mm -hmm. the one thing you would never do. Mm -mm. Natural gas pipelines are the main source of your power and your wealth, and most critically, your leverage over other countries. Europe needs your energy now more than ever with winter approaching. If you can't deliver that energy, then countries like Germany have no need to pay attention to what you want. You're in the middle of a war, an all-hands-on-deck war, so you need all the leverage you can get. Under these circumstances, there is no chance you would blow up Nord Stream 1 or 2. Not now obviously. In fact, it's so obvious that even our famously dim Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, seemed to acknowledge it. Sabotaging Nord Stream, he said today, is, quote, clearly in no one's interest. Right, but really only half right. It is true that blowing up Nord Stream does not help Vladimir Putin. He would not do that. Why would he? But that doesn't mean that other countries wouldn't consider doing it. They would consider it, and we know they have considered it, because at least one of them has said so in public. In early February, less than three weeks before the war in Ukraine began, Joe Biden suggested on camera that he might take out these pipelines. Watch. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring it into it. But how will you how will you do that exactly since the project 
and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Notice how he phrased that. He's the president. doesn't phrase things by accident, particularly when he's reading off cards. He didn't say, I will pause the delivery of gas from Russia to Germany. He said, there won't be a Nord Stream 2. We'll put an end to it. We'll take it out. We'll blow it up. How will you do this? He was asked. I promise you we will be able to do it. They thought this through. And yet those watching, very much including us, didn't take Biden seriously when he said it. So this fool wants to put all of America in jeopardy. I told you before. This 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 is something you do because you are being controlled and you have handlers. Nobody in their right mind will try to pick a fight with a country stronger than them and put their citizens under them in jeopardy. He's doing this because these, these are the plans of his overlords, his satanic overlords. All right. That's it. He don't care who this hurts. He doesn't care if this will cause World War III. He doesn't care about the millions and billions of people in this country that have families. He does not care. That's what I said. I hope people are stocking up. I hope people are prepping. I hope people are looking at ways to, to, to save. I'm hoping people are building relationships that will that are useful in a in a in a in a um in a in a in a in a starvation mode. I hope people are building relationships with people who got some resources, know how to cook, some good food, maybe, uh, uh, you know, cook better than you. Um, I hope you are getting um, resources together. I hope. Because I'll be honest with you, this, you know, I hope you got your pandemic game on. Sorry. Um pickup isn't going to help you get a chick when she's starving i'm just saying i i don't know man i mean all these pills out here and i don't hear nothing about the prepping pill just saying i'm just saying um how's that working out for you not time to take shots at the red pill i'm just saying uh um what what do you guys plan, man? Things are about to get rough, especially where I'm at. This is the president who has declared climate change the most pressing emergency in the history of the world. This is the man who lectures you about using a wood stove or driving an SUV because of its emissions. This is the guy who spent billions trying to mitigate cow flatulence because methane. Would that guy really blow up a methane pipeline in the middle of the Baltic Sea? It was hard to imagine. That would be an unimaginably reckless act. That would be the kind of thing you would do if you wanted to start a nuclear war. It would be insane. And yet, in retrospect, it's obvious they were thinking about this because Joe Biden wasn't the only person to suggest it. Toria Newland at the State Department said pretty much the very same thing. Newland is a lifelong war cheerleader. She worked to bring about the Iraq invasion, never apologized, kept going. She helped engineer the coup that overthrew the Ukrainian government some years back. So capable, clearly she's capable of anything. But environmental terrorism, even for Toria Newland, that seemed too much, too extreme. And yet here she is in January. With regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations 
uh, with our German allies. And I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Wow. You're not thinking about how this will cause a war. Okay, you're trying to tell this man what's going to happen with his property. That's like somebody coming in my neck of the woods and telling me whatever I use to transport resources to another um to my neighbors, you're telling me that's not going to work. Yet I'm the one that has the artillery and the power to make your life a living hell. Yep, we're in trouble. We are in trouble, people. One way or the other, we'll stop Nord Stream. We know we did it. By that alone. You, it doesn't even matter if we didn't do it. Because they spoke those words, Vladimir Putin believes that we did it, guaranteed. And if somebody framed us, doesn't matter. It's a successful frame job. Vladimir Putin guaranteed knows in his mind we did it. And he just, that was our response to him saying, I will nuke if you escalate. I'm not bluffing. And then we go and escalate. We strike first. That's a first strike, folks. And folks, I just said in my last show, we have proven that the vaccine murdered millions of Okay. Um, so that is uh what I could do for now. Um I hope you enjoyed the stream. And uh that's about it. Okay. If you um like the content, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Comment below. Tell me what you think of the stream. Tell me what you think of the content right here. What do you think about Joe Biden and, you know, putting us in this situation? All right. Like, share, comment, subscribe, people. Later. <laughs>